We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Aitlin is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve oh! Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, throws for the end zone. Olsen, touchdown! Brian Burns to the house. This one is picked again. Intercepted by Boston. Bridgewater, throw into the end zone, touchdown! Samuel still on his feet, inside the five, to the end zone, touchdown! What a play! And it is caught for the touchdown by Moore. And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. Keep pounding on three! One, two, three! Keep pounding! Okay, and welcome to The Roar, brought to you by Blue Air. As always, I am joined by my co-host, John Ellis. John, how are you? Good, Billy. How you doing, man? Doing well. To help us preview the Detroit Lions this Sunday, we have brought on the managing editor for the Lions Wire, Jeff Risden. Jeff, how are you? Hey, guys. Great to be with you. Yeah, and it's going to be a pretty fascinating matchup this week weekend because both of the quarterbacks are on the injury report. I think there's some optimism, at least based on what I'm reading about Matt Stafford's availability, but not so much optimism with Teddy Bridgewater. Ian Rappaport reported today that is unlikely he plays, but Carolina has two backup quarterbacks um, that they have not determined who will be the starter. Um, So maybe there's an outside chance Bridgewater does play. But speaking of the Lions, 
what's the sense with Stafford? I know he, he his inj- his season last year ended quickly because of injury. Um, he's always been a really tough guy in overcoming these type of issues throughout his career. What do you expect for this Sunday? Do you expect him to play, or is it going to be like a game-time decision? I, I do expect him to play. Um, he has played through pain before. He actually he played – through this injury in the second half of last week's game, he got hurt uh, in the in the win over Washington um, on an illegal hit from from a, a football team player, I might add. Uh, and he gutted gutted through it, um, led the team on a game winning drive at the end of the game. Um, he's he's tough as nails. That's what he does. He has played through injuries to his throwing hand before. He did that in 2016, the last time they made the playoffs. Uh, he didn't play particularly well then. Um, he had a sprained middle finger then that he hit on a, on a helmet, and it did impact his throwing. Uh, they're taking it easy in practice. He was out there. He did throw the ball a little bit. He did take snaps both under center and in shotgun. I, I think he's playing. Uh, will he be 100%? No, he won't. Uh, and that's, you know, it seems like the way that the injury is, the big concern is that if he gets hit, he might have trouble holding onto the football, much more than, than any issues throwing the ball. Uh, he's got just – I say this with with admitted bias, but man, watching him throw the football is something else. He, is, he has a special special gift to throw the football. I don't think that's going to be impacted much. It's the other things, you know. Maybe he hands it off and you know bangs the thumb on on somebody's you know chest plate as he's handing it off or something like that. That's the only thing that I can think of that's that's a big worry with it. I want to get your thoughts on Matt Patricia. It's uh, year three right now for Matt, and it's been an interesting ride, needless to say. I know there's been some chatter lately about some of uh, the players maybe not buying into some of his methods and in terms of building this program. Where is this franchise with their head coach right now? Well, that's a good question, and I, I think we're all kind of in a, in a wait and see mode. Look, they're four and five. He's he's twelve and twenty or thirteen and twenty seven as a coach, um, in th- in three seasons, um, and he was brought in to replace Jim Caldwell. And at the time that Jim Caldwell was was let go, it was because nine and seven wasn't good enough. Um, he's barely won that in three years. There has been some tangible signs of improvement with the Lions. They're they are at certain things they're better uh but he got off to a bad start with the media got off to a bad start with the players and has never really overcome that um he is doing a in general a better job this year but there's still a lot of faults um i I personally take a lot of faults with it a lot of us uh who watch the team on a daily basis are just like what in the world why 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 are they this way you know it's 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 very difficult to understand (laughs) um they they tend to be so he he's um, as you might know he's a rocket scientist he legitimate yeah. rocket scientist right. on the outside yes um and he is the smartest guy in the room and we'll let you know that all the time but he does some just god awful stupid things with his football <laughs> team that make us wonder and it's very difficult to reconcile that he's become a much more likable personable guy over the last couple of years uh, he he just realized that that you know being being the way he was wasn't doing any benefit for it, but it's not helping the team win as much as it needs to. Um, and now the other, the other angle is that we've had an ownership change. Um, Mrs. Firestone Ford um, gave up the team. Her daughter, Sheila Ford Hamp, is now running the team. They are certainly still of the same ilk, but we we haven't heard from the new owner yet on on her thoughts on 
um, is December meaningful football games in December? Is that good enough for her, or do they need to make the playoffs? Do you know? Does does this whole COVID situation that that's thrown everything up upside down? Does that factor in? You know, if Matt Stafford gets hurt again, is that is that factor in? There's a lot of variables that are still out there with it. In general, most Lions fans, and I will raise my hand here, certainly are disappointed in Matt Patricia. Uh, most people, and I'll again raise my hand, probably think he deserves to be gone, but they're not there yet. And at the same time, if, if they if they win and they get in the playoffs, and God forbid he wins a playoff game, uh, he's the town's his, man. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because when you know Patricia first came on board, I was. Um, I was like many other people. I thought it was a fun hire. I, I've always enjoyed watching Belichick defenses and uh, because of his smarts on the outside, his expertise in rocket science and all these other stuff, I just figured that he would walk into the position naturally, but it, obviously it takes a lot more personal relationship and culture that I know it's a buzzword that uh, would really help. And I think these last two games have been, a, or excuse me, their, their last two wins uh, have been like a microcosm of their season where they probably should not have won the Atlanta game if Todd Gurley takes a knee, but inexplicably he doesn't, and they come back and win. And they should not be blowing a 21-point lead to a guy whose career shouldn't even uh, – he shouldn't even be playing football. Yeah, And that's that's just the fascinating thing with this team is they're just they're, – they're winning these games, but it's like the manner in which they're doing it is um, fascinating to me. Yeah, blowing a a twenty four to three lead against Washington on its third on its third string quarterback, and you do it in a game where your defense goes from being lights out in the first half, um, playing primarily zone, uh, and then you start playing man to man defense, and and so this is this has been one of the big issues with Patricia to to tie it in together. The Lions play more man coverage than any other team. They are also the worst in man coverage. They're actually pretty good at zone coverage, but they play less of it than any other team. The zone was working against Washington last week. They came out after halftime and switched to playing more man. Guess what happened? They blew the lead. But that's... That's the type of thing that we're talking about when we, we wonder what in the world Matt Patricia is doing because it doesn't make any sense. You know, they did wind up winning because Matt, Matthew Stafford's a wizard. He's, there's not anybody better at leading a team in, on a final drive of a game than Matthew Stafford. That includes I'll – take, I'll take him over anyone on that. The rest <laughs> of the game, not so much. But in that situation, by God, give me Stafford. And uh, they, they rely on that a little bit too much for our liking. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. And speaking of – Stafford on the field, it it seems like the hire of Daryl Bevel really opened up this offense. I, I saw it last year before he got injured. I posted some clips of how well he was functioning with him, especially after the play action. I mean, this is a pretty talented offense, especially at the skill position with Galladay, Hawkinson, uh, Marvin Jones. And, I mean, they invested pretty highly in uh, DeAndre Swift and Kerryon Johnson. What has the offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel, brought to the offense that's allowed it to look, I guess, a lot more explosive? Yeah, he's, he's allowed Stafford to, to attack better. Um, Stafford is at his best when he's fitting the ball into a tight window um, and downfield in coverage. Um, it, it, it looks weird and it sounds crazy, um, and it, it drives his PFF grade down because a lot of his passes are interceptable, but at the same time, that that's where he shines is, is fitting the ball into those tight windows. Their receivers do not get open. Well, that doesn't help. 
Um, that doesn't mean they're not good receivers. They, it, it's just a different style. Um, Kenny Galladay has the lowest average separation of any wide receiver in the league. doesn't mean he's a bad receiver. It just means that you have to have a quarterback that's willing to throw to a covered receiver. Stafford does that very well. And, and that was something that wasn't as encouraged under Bevel's predecessors. Bevel has done that. He has encouraged Stafford to run a little bit more. Um, and especially last year before the second back injury, he was really good at that. He's gotten a little bit away from that. The offensive line has gotten better. That, that deserves some credit. Taylor Decker is playing lights out at left tackle. That has certainly helped things a lot. He has not allowed a sack this year. That, that's been a, a, a big source of improvement, and, and it, gives the, it gives Stafford and it gives the entire offense a little bit more confidence to, to, to take deeper shots. They have longer times. And, you know, just the fact that, that Stafford is willing to throw it to whoever is open, if it's Danny Amendola coming across the middle, if it's TJ Hawkinson who has taken a big step from year one to year two, you know, Marvin Jones still really, really good at working the outside portions of the field. Um, he, he's, he's still very good after the catch, too. You know, they, they just – it seems like they're playing more to the strengths of Stafford and what he likes to do. Whereas in the past, they, they sort of tried to, to rein him in a little bit. And it just didn't, it didn't work all that, all that well for any, any parties involved. Um, and they've gotten, they've gotten more aggressive with it. They are running the ball a little bit better. It's still not where it needs to be, but uh, it's, it's better than it has been. They're not in the bottom 10 in, in running right now, which is, that's improvement for Detroit. This, this, is, this is a team that hasn't had a thousand-yard rusher in a very, very long time. They went almost six years without a 100-yard game rusher. Um, so that's uh, wow. <laughs> that's still a work in progress, but it's 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 getting better. <laughs> talking about DeAndre Swift, I've been fascinated by this kid. Of course, he had a career high in uh, scrimmage yards last week, and he's kind of sort of coming on of late. Uh, what do you make of Swift in year one now? So he has been a very interesting case because he is the reason why they are four and five and not five and four. He dropped the pass in the end zone in Chicago in week one that hit him in both hands. He was wide open um, and he dropped it. And a lot of people lost a lot of faith in him at that point. Fortunately, the, the rest of the offense was not part of that. And I will give Matt Patricia some credit here. The, the lasting picture from that game is Matt Patricia walking off the field with his arm around DeAndre Swift, talking in his ear and encouraging him. So I, as much as I'm uh, – and Swift has been the, – the big thing with him is, is if he's aggressive and getting north-south right away, he's a very effective runner, and you're not going to tackle him with a bad tackle attempt. If you're just going to dive into his hip with your shoulder, he's not going down. You got to wrap. You got to hit. You got to stick. You know he's going to make bad tackling attempts look bad. Um, he is not necessarily the the dynamic you know breakaway speed guy that a lot of other people are, but he's good there. He's very elusive in the open field. Very good receiver. Aside from the, he's, so he's got two terrible drops on the year, um, and the rest of the, the time he's been great. Uh, so, and you saw a little bit more of that last week. If you watched the game, uh, his touchdown reception, my goodness, he, he put Jonathan Bostic in an absolute blender and it was pretty to watch him run out of that and get the touchdown. He's capable of doing those things. They're not there yet. Uh, he's been shared. He sh- shared the role a little bit more than, than a lot of us Lions fans would like, um, with Adrian Peterson. I mean, AP's great, but he's 37, and he, he's running like a 37-year-old man most of the time this year, doesn't offer a lot in the passing game. So the fact that they're, they're letting Swift play more and get more dynamic is a very good thing. Now, the flip side of that, he missed practice today with a concussion, uh, and there's a chance that he won't play this Sunday, and that's going to be a big loss if he can't get on the field. 
And a quick follow-up, uh, one of our listeners, Fernando, checks in, asking about the Lions' offensive staff. You talked about Daryl Bevel a little bit. Fernando wants to know, how do they adapt and exploit defensive weaknesses? Have they done a good job of making adjustments mid-game? How does that staff so far look offensively in terms of adjustments and scheming things up? You know, that, that's a good question. They're not that big on that. And, in fact, um, I was actually on a podcast last night that, that we do with the Lions, Detroit Lions podcast. Um, free plug for them. Um, and we talked about how good Daryl Bevel is at mapping out like the first 15 or 20 plays of the game. And then after that, when, when you're asking him to do those reading and evaluations and, and reacting to the defenses, they're not as good as they, they should be. You know, they will, they will continue. If, if, you, if, if you're running first and 10 and you get two yards, uh, you're going to have second and eight. They, they seem to like second and eight a lot because if, if it's not working in the first quarter, um, it's still not going to be working in the third quarter, but they will still keep trying to do it. Uh, it's the unfortunate way. Um, the, again, the, uh, we listed off all the talent. There, there's a reason why this team should be good and has potential to be good, but there's also a reason why they're, they're, they're four and five and have barely beaten two terrible teams. Um, and, and the lack of adaptation throughout the game is part of it. The line is different the line does do adjustments they will they'll they'll play more of, of jesse james as an inline tight end um if the right tackle tyrell crosby's having some issues with the pass rush i did that last week against washington washington's got some some dang good pass rushers and they did a very good job in, in nullifying them in doing that they don't do a lot of motion they don't do a lot of pre-snap movement uh and that that doesn't really change throughout a game they, they they sort of do what they do sort of inconsequentially to the defense and that's uh you know, adaptive defenses, defenses that can that can adjust on the fly, specifically with versatile players. Like if you have a guy that, that can line up at, at, as at, we'll call it the jack position, the, the outside edge position that's not covered by a tight end, um, and and then but he can also go and play an off ball linebacker. He can go out and cover the slot if the tight end flexes out and that type of thing. Those types of players are going to give the Lions a lot of trouble because they do not adapt well to that sort of versatility. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor the job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Right now, go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. I want to move to the defensive side of the ball now. This is obviously an area you mentioned earlier about uh, some of the confusing splits they have with zone and man coverage. But it's also, I mean, personnel-wise, they've also went out and acquired a lot of ex-New England Patriots, notably uh, Trey Flowers, Deron Harmon, Jamie Collins, uh, and even Justin Coleman spent a couple years in New England. Whenever I see that, I get a little hesitant with 
you know, when teams are acquiring old players um, because they spend a few years with, you know, the previous coach. I mean, to be clear, Carolina has done the same thing with some of Matt Rule's players in college. But what has been your impression of how they've built this unit from a personnel standpoint on the defensive side? So their, their goal on defense is to apparently intentionally be the slowest defense in the NFL. And they've done a very good job at mastering that. They are, they are <laughs> without a doubt, the slowest defense in the NFL. And some of that is, comes from um, Danny Shelton being up front. Now, he, he's a good player. Jamie Collins, a good player, but he's slow. Um, the, you know, the, the fastest guy in the defense position-wise is Jared Davis. Um, the defense has actually gotten better because he plays less. Uh, he's just he's just not worked out. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're, it, it's it's weird. And and so the Patriot way, I'm putting that in in quotes, is a big source of contention because they have brought in a lot of these expatriates, and while they are serviceable, they're not making the impact that you would hope for, for with the defense. This is a defense that doesn't force t- takeaways very well. They don't rush the passer all that well. Oh, they've gotten better at that. And just the fact that they don't have speed and they bring in all these older guys that, you know, for whatever reason, just just aren't impact talents is worn thin on the fan base. It's worn thin on those of us who cover the team. I think it's honestly worn, worn a little thin on some of the players who are here for the long haul, too. Um, you know, they, they have brought in guys from other teams. There, there's for Last year, especially, there was a lot of ex-New York Giants on the team. Right now, pretty much the only ones are Romeo Aquara. He's playing really well. But yeah, there, there's an, an, an over reliance on on players who are past their prime, or certainly had their prime in New England, and because they're out of New England, aren't necessarily as good. I mean, I've, I've covered Jamie Collins before he got there when he was with the Browns. Um, when he was in New England, you, you obviously watch him, and now I see him afterwards, and he, he he's a different dude outside New England. There's no denying that. Um, there, it is something that's different. It's tangible. Uh, and I think Deron Harmon falls into that category as well. He's not been bad, but he's not been New England Deron Harmon. And they need New England Deron Harmon. You know, and the fact that it's taken away um, – go on a little sidebar here. Tracy Walker is a guy who was one of the most promising young players on the team last year. Very good safety, emerging talent in his second year. He's been awful this year. And some of that is the fact that Deron Harmon is playing the role where he's at his best hmm. and hasn't adjusted well. And that, that has really rubbed people, and, and again, I'm raising my hand here, the wrong way. Uh, the fact that they're taking a young player, a hungry player, a guy that they've developed, they drafted him in the third round, have, have found ways to use him very well, and now they're squandering him in part because they're bringing in a guy who isn't doing any better than he did in the past. Um, that's that's very frustrating. Yeah, we, we've seen that in Carolina over the years at times, and that's, that's highly frustrating, no doubt, Jeff. Um, hey, uh, Romeo Aquara, let, let's talk about him and the pass rush for a minute. Romeo's a fascinating story, by the way. Jim Zoki, our friend who does Panthers radio, talked about he's a Charlotte kid, was a high school teammate of his kids from Nigeria, quite a story. He leads the team in sacks right now. But I'm looking down the line, and I'm not seeing a lot of pressure. So, you know, are they blitzing a lot? Are they, are they mostly, when they're playing men, are they blitzing a lot? Are they just playing a lot of cover one without blitzing? Are they playing some zone with blitz concepts? What are they doing to try to get pressure? Because it doesn't seem like they're getting a lot of it. Yeah, outside of Oquara, they, they, they pretty much rely on a very vanilla four-man rush. They do not blitz a lot. They have blitzed more this year than they did last year. Um, last year, uh, Lions fans will lament the three-man rush all the time. They rush three 
or three or less on over 30% of snaps last year. That's gone away, thankfully. Um, but they're still not a team that generates a lot of pressure. They rely a lot on Okwara winning one-on-one. Deshaun Hand on the inside can win some one-on-one. He's, he's, been, he's better than his statistics will indicate, but he's still not an impact player. Uh, when they do blitz, Justin Coleman's a good blitzer from the slot. He missed a few games and they missed that dimension. But they're, they're, they're not a great blitzing team. Jared Davis, when he comes into the game, he is a very good Great timing and, and hitting the A-gap blitz uh, from, from off the ball linebacker spot. It's not something that they do a lot of. This is a team that believes in the coverage sack much more than they believe in, in going and getting the quarterback and, and forcing the incompletion that way. Uh, and that's, that, that's a Matt Patricia philosophy. Uh, it has gone down. Trey Flower, losing Trey Flowers is a big loss. He was a guy... He did not show up in the stat books a lot, but he impacted the offense. He was consistently a guy who could push the tackle back into the quarterback's way and was also a very good run defender. They missed that dimension. They did blitz a little bit more early against Washington last week, and especially on third downs, they actually brought two extra. They they rushed six, I think, for the first time in two weeks last week, and it worked. Uh, Hopefully there's more of that because uh, they need that because the, the, the coverage... They tend to run cover one. They will mix in some cover four. Not a lot of it, though. Uh, and, and, again, while they're not good at man coverage, they're also not all that good in zone coverage. Okuda has been a bit of a disappointment as, an, as the first-round pick. Uh, I, I think some of that is the fact that he went number three overall. When you take a cornerback number three, you're, you're expecting an instant impact guy. He is a phenomenal run defender. He, he's already one of the best cornerbacks in the league at, at run defense and at tackling but that's not why you take a guy number three overall. His coverage has been – it's gotten better, but it's still somewhat underwhelming. You, you, you see the signs, uh, but they need, they need him to step up a little bit. He is the number three outside cornerback right now. Actually, uh, Amani Oruwarie is above him, um, and they've been playing Desmond Trufant, who's been – he's been all right for a, a, a rehab project from, from Atlanta. They're, they're doing okay with that. He, he's getting spoon-fed at Mano Quara. They miss his brother, Julian, um, was the, the team's draft pick this year, and, and he, unfortunately he got hurt early on in the season. He's going to miss the rest of the year. Um, having the Okwara brothers there was, was a nice little story. They're, they're fun guys. They're great guys to get to know. Uh, I did not know that they were from Charlotte, so that's, that's kind of cool. This be a nice little homecoming for Romeo. Um, he'll probably have a little something for the home, home faithful watching there because he's, he's playing really, really good. He, I, I, I watched him in New York. I've watched him in Detroit. He's playing the best football of his career right now. It's, it's been really cool to see because, uh, God, they need it. So, Jeff, this game does come before the annual Thanksgiving games, which is when the line did you play at noon at Ford Field. Historically, how have they done the game before um, they embark on a Thanksgiving showdown? Is it usually good, usually bad? Um, obviously, historically, the lines have been okay, but especially with yeah. this, this new regime under Patricia, how have they handled um, you know, the game before the short week? So they have lost all, uh, all two under Patricia. Now, last year, they didn't have Stafford, so that, that was understandable. They, they tried it out Jeff Driscoll, um, and that, that was actually Driscoll's last game, and then they gave way to David Blau, who was better but still not good. Uh, before that, one of the Jim Caldwell hallmarks was that they would always do very well um, leading into it, uh, but but that most of those guys are gone now. I, it, it's uh, 
it, it, it's honestly we're we're sort of curious about it. And this is so the way the Lions are looking at this game, the Panthers are a vulnerable opponent. We have more wins than them. Thanksgiving is Houston. Houston has only beaten Jacksonville, and they barely beat them. Um, so there, there's a lot going in the, on this this little four stretch of games here. But that if the Lions can win both of these games games and they both appear winnable on paper um, and, and probably should they, they should expect to at least win one of them then they're right back in the NFC playoff race so we're all very curious how to, how they react to that how Patricia reacts this is the first time where he's really had a chance to, to get some momentum they've never won three in a row games under Patricia uh, they, they've got a shot here we're, we're all very curious how they're gonna handle that pressure um, based on everything else we've seen from Patricia I'm not all that not all that positive about it, but I'm, I'm willing to be surprised. <laughs> well, we're sponsored by uh, betonline.ag here, Jeff. So uh, needless to say, we want to give folks an idea of what to expect in terms of uh, predictions here. Unfortunately, this week, the line is on hold based on the injury. So just in general, yeah. what are you expecting in terms of a final outcome possibly between uh, two teams here who have a lot of question marks? You know, I, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a, a game where a, a rogue turnover here or there or a, just a weird penalty call, which seems to happen a lot in Detroit games, both for and against them, primarily against them, especially when they play Green Bay. But, uh, you know, they uh, it, it's going to be one of those games where the team that I think makes less mistakes is going to win. Uh, if it comes down to a kicking battle, Matt Prater is going to win. Uh, sorry, guys. That's just the way it is. Uh, that's what he does. <laughs> um, he's 22 for 22 on game-winning field goals in his career. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, and if it comes down to that, I'm, I'm, I'm riding with him. I, I think it's going to be a, a very close game. I think it's going to be fairly low scoring. I think uh, something like 24-21, like you know, 27-24, something like that. That's probably the high end of what you're expecting on points. Mm-hmm. Um, with the injuries that the Lions have, you know, Aside from Stafford, if, if Galladay can't go, if DeAndre Swift can't go, um, it, it doesn't sound like Amendola is going to be able to go. There, there's a lot of, of banged-up skill positions. They do not have depth, um, especially at wide receivers. So, that, that, you know, there's – if they ever publish an over-under on it, I would, be, I would very strongly be inclined to take the under. Uh, and as far as the game goes, I, I'll, I'll pick the Lions by a field goal, but it's, it's one of those deals – you know, if they played 50 times, each team's winning 25. I, I really feel that way. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm totally with you there, Jeff. Uh, the look-ahead line, um, which was published, I believe, on Sunday, uh, that was assuming that Bridgewater would play was Carolina minus three. But because he's out, it's going to be interesting. But based on what you've said about their defense being slow, I could see them going to P.J. Walker uh, yeah. because he is a mobile guy and maybe he kind of gives – uh, the lines fits, but at the same time, the lines did beat Arizona, uh, and they held they Kyler Murray in check. I, I think <laughs> they did. They, uh, and so I, I'm a PJ Walker fan, by the way. I loved him coming out of Temple. Uh, I thought he never got the, the shake that he deserved, probably because he's short. But th- he can make things happen. I'm 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 excited to watch him play. I hope he plays. I and I hope that, that he gets a shot. And uh, if if you're a, a a daily fantasy player, you'll probably want Curtis Samuel because the Lions do not cover crossing routes. They just don't. Mm. Um, and and hitting Curtis Samuel on a little crossing drag route um, that you know Walker throws at three yards and it winds up being thirty. That's going to happen a couple of times Sunday. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think this is a good opportunity for Samuel to shine again. He he's had a bit of an up and down year, but of late he's come on great, especially in the red zone. It's just so hard to know with the quarterback situation. I'm going to lean Carolina a little bit here because I think this was a bit of a wake-up call last week for them 
against Tampa. I think it was sort of the the uh, they haven't had a game like that this year, Jeff, where they've really sort of had a wake up call to say, you know what, we're not quite there yet, especially defensively. So I'm thinking maybe this is the week that uh, Matt Rule and Joe Brady get things back on track. And I think you go back to the game that uh, Detroit had against Minnesota two weeks ago, where they gave up 275 on the ground. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I, trust me. And that, that, that but, but that, to your point, that potential's there for Carolina to do that. I don't think they they don't have Dalvin Cook. Um, obviously with McCaffrey out, but but yeah. they're going to find some success running the football. The, the I, key I, is cash in the drives. Don't don't stall in the red zone. The Lions do play pretty good red zone defense. Um, and if it's if it's fourth and three from the thirty-five, go for it. Don't kick the field goal. Don't wuss out. Well, we, uh, we, we've been analyzing Carolina's run defense with a little bit of Jack Daniels helping us out here of late because it's, like it's been brutal the past two years with some of the missed run fits and some of the missed assignments and poor angles. And hopefully this defense in Carolina can uh, you know, bottle up Swift and Peterson and those guys. I like Carolina narrowly here. But again, I think you're, to your point, the, the special teams, field goals, will have a big say in that. You're coming towards the end of a game, I have a little more confidence in your kicker than ours at this point. But uh, both can hammer it home from long distance. Should be a pretty interesting game to watch. Jeff, you got anything you want to promote before we get you out of here, Bubba? No, we're just um, just check. We got all kinds of stuff going on at Lions Wire um, on, on USA Today Network. Check it out. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Risen. That's R-I-S-D-O-N. Try my best to be on there as much as I can. It, it's less. Um, I, I got two kids here at home that are they're going through school, so that soaks up an inordinate amount of my time. I, I totally season, get where you. I totally get that life, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's fun to get out there, um, and and you know we we got a lot of content going out on it. I actually have a uh, four reasons why the Lions will win that's publishing in the morning. Um, if y'all like to hate read, that's probably a good good place to go. <laughs> and I can uh, I can endorse that Jeff is one of the more preeminent draft analysts out there, starting with the Shrine game in mid-January all the way until undrafted free agents are announced. Just really great work with the draft and following him for years on that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Follow him uh, at Jeff Risden, R-I-S-D-O-N, on Twitter, of course, at the Browns Wire, at the Lions Wire. And uh, one heck of a follow. Jeff, thanks for making time, man. Enjoy the game this weekend. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on. We'll catch you guys next week right here on Blue Wire. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team and player coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign on bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.